Welcome back, Steeler fans, to another episode of Yeah, I Said It. As you can see and hear, this is not Lance Williams coming at you today. Lance is having a very festive weekend with the graduation of his daughter from high school as she is getting ready to move on to college. And I do believe study neuroscience, if I can remember correctly, as Lance was filling all of us in on that here at Behind the Steel Curtain. Instead, you have to put up with uh, editor-in-waiting Dave Schofield from Behind the Steel Curtain. Uh, for those of you who may be tuning in for the first time, I am set to take over the edit editor duties from Jeff Hartman on Monday. Uh, I mean, I've I've taken over the editor duties already, but everything becomes official um, without Jeff come Monday. But uh, we we uh, wish Jeff the best as he moves on to DK Pittsburgh Sports and his role there. And we really appreciate all that he's done for both the website and the podcasts in his years there. I know when it comes to the website, when people are just reading articles and seeing articles, it's it's not quite the same. As with the podcasts, especially those who are watching on YouTube, therefore it will be somebody different to see and hear. But uh, Jeff's not going to be a stranger. He's going to he, he's going to help us out every once in a while, so you can always look forward to that. But uh, Lance isn't with us. Like I said, we're, he's he's taking the 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 weekend off as he's got a lot of stuff going on with that. And, you know, especially in in the times that we're dealing with, with with everything with the with the pandemic, that all these celebrations are being done in a much different manner. So we want to make sure that Lance can still take care of everything that he can with his family and that special time with them. Um to where uh, this moment can still be one that they can look back on as a family uh, and hopefully not him have to worry about doing all these podcasts. So you've got me and here I am and I'm kind of excited to, to do a show by myself and it's been a little bit since I've done that and, but I'm not by myself because I already have plenty of people in the live chat getting ready to join in. I'm hoping that we can bring up, bring up the topic here and then maybe turn it over to the live chat for great discussion there. So my topic for, yeah, I said it, you know, I got to try to do my best to think, all right, well, you know, he, Lance, he, he tries to pull out something that, that you might not expect. And this might not be shocking to a lot of people, but the way I said it, I, I hope everyone knows to, to take that this is kind of taken to the next level. And that is Deontay Johnson is the next Steelers superstar. I mean, superstardom. I mean, full-blown, taking, taking the league by storm where people are going to notice and know who he is and not just be that guy. He's going to be someone who steps it up and teams have to game plan around. There was a report out this week. I mean, maybe, I don't know that it's, I don't want to say a new report. I would say the best way to say it is a confirmation of some of some various details. I know that there was a picture of Deontay Johnson getting surgery um, not long after the 2019 season ended. We found out for sure. I mean, it was speculated that it was a sports hernia injury, but we, you know, whether or not that was fully confirmed or not, 
you know, there was a lot of different things, but that's what it was. He had a sports hernia surgery, which is one of those that doesn't take an immense recovery time. Not as, not as much as like when the guys have been getting their knee scoped in season and missing only two or three weeks, you know, a little bit more than that, but not something that's going to affect him into scheduled training camp and things of that sort. But not only that, come to find out that in week two, Johnson suffered a groin injury that wasn't enough to hold him out of practice, hold him out of games, just enough to be a nuisance, just enough to, you know, not even to wind up on the injury report. There wasn't, it wasn't something that was going to, to threaten his status for the week. And, and now someone would say, well, what if he, what if he re-injured it and therefore had to leave the game? Well, that would, that would be from a substantial injury that that injury would really what be would cause, cause him to, to leave the game. He might be more susceptible to that because of what he was dealing with, but it's not one of those things that the Steelers are going to get in trouble for not reporting this on the injury report or anything of that nature. Cause it did not affect his play. It did not affect his status. But he was dealing with it all season, which meant maybe he, you know, probably wasn't at 100% when it comes to speed. I know I saw some comments behind the silk curtain where people said, you know, that makes sense because I always felt like he still had a little bit more left in the tank to, to, you know, it, it looked like he wasn't going quite full speed from what I was kind of anticipating. And that might have been part of the problem that he was really inhibited. By, by this injury since week two. And now he's hoping to, to might even be today that he, to be cleared for all activities. He's still training and working out and, you know, go in contact with Ben Roethlisberger and building that relationship and hoping to work out and, you know, take, take some throws from him even more is what it is. But look at what he did last year when he was injured. His stats for for his rookie year in 2019 was 59 receptions, 680 yards and five touchdowns. Receiving touchdowns, not counting his his punt return touchdown against the Cardinals. So that's six total touchdowns as a rookie. Every one of those touchdowns came after he was injured. So we saw glimpses of some of some really great potential stuff last year. I mean even even if what the Steelers got out of Deontay Johnson last year, you know, you'd want to improve it a little bit, but if he didn't even make a, a massive jump, he still performed so well as a rookie that that would still be acceptable. But if you look at it, it's at the Steelers historically, their wide receivers, they really make that jump in year two. A lot of their players, not just wide receivers, but a lot of their players make that big jump in year two. And with Deontay Johnson coming off of injury, being able to fill that role, having other receivers that will that the defenses will have to pay attention to, he's got the chance to just come out and have a monster season. There are there are some people that are going as far. I've I've seen it out there to say, you know what, Juju doesn't need to be a number one because Deontay Johnson is going to grab that role. Let Juju keep being the number two he was when Mister Third and Fifth was here. And Deontay Johnson can he can step up and, and take that role. And they're just both gonna, it's just gonna make them both better. 
I don't know if that's really how it needs to be. I think Deontay Johnson can play in that position and Juju can maybe do more work out of the slot. Uh, They'll both benefit from each other. You've also got James Washington, Chase Claypool. I mean, there are other options there. The, The more threat every receiver is, the more it's going to benefit the other ones. So I think Deontay Johnson has the potential to step up and just have an absolute monster season put himself, establish himself as a top receiver in the NFL, not just with the Steelers. Now, when I say top five, top, top receiver, it doesn't necessarily mean like top five, but enough that people are really going to pay attention to him. If you're one of those fantasy football people out there that really enjoy the year-long keeping my team the same leagues that I know Jeff Hartman despises, and that's why he likes the daily fantasy or weekly fantasy, um, this is a guy that you could possibly grab at a good spot that could really break out this year. And I think there, so I think Steeler fans that are in leagues with non-Steeler fans might have an advantage of being able to grab someone like that who could really step up. I see him as, as a guy that could just explode this year. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to call it, that's going to be a bold prediction of mine that I think Deontay Johnson is going to, absolutely explode. I don't know if it's going to be that he's going to crush it with yards. I don't know if it's going to be that he's going to crush it with touchdowns. It might be both. It might be one or the other, but either way, he's going to, he's going to do some pretty amazing stuff and he's going to get some big notoriety around the league. And he's going to be the guy that's going to be, that's going to be stepping up to be the next big thing in years to come. So that's what I had to say about it. And I will be honest, for those of you that are joining me in the live chat, I see the people in there and 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 giving some comments and whatnot. I have not had a chance to look at it yet. So I am going to throw in my word of saying comments. And from this point on, anything that you all say, I'll try to make sure that I can bring it up. We'll do some comments. We'll do your thoughts on the subject. And then we'll maybe take a few questions here while we, while we do this show here on the on a lovely Friday afternoon, you can possibly see that the sun is shining here where I am in Maryland. Although it was within the last couple of hours, we had hail coming down from a nice little storm that rolled through, but it's, it's other than that. Now it's a beautiful day. And I just been looking forward to spending some time here with the, with the Steelers, with the Steelers family. And just to see what all you all have to say about it. And I just got a big jump in what I was saying. So, mm. Pardon me. As we have here from Z Smooth, he says, we're just like the Packers. We always hit the mark on drafting receivers. Always. I don't know that I'm going to go. I don't know that I agree with that statement because, frankly, I don't know that it's the Packers that always hit the mark with drafting receivers. I think it's the Steelers. I don't think the Steelers like the Packers. I think the Packers might be like the Steelers. Um, But I'm not completely in tune with the Packers and everything that they do. I think the Steelers set the standard in the NFL when it comes to um, drafting wide receivers and getting great talent. I know, of course, there's the busts that you get out there. People will instantly want to bring up Lima Swede, of course. But you can't hit on every draft pick. And even and when you're drafting this many wide receivers, you're, you're not going to hit on every single one of them. But the Steelers have done a very nice job at that. Okay. Um, Nathaniel wants to know where where does Chase Claypool and Washington fit in? I think they all fit in exactly how we'll find out 
it, this fall, whenever the Steelers hopefully get out on the field. We'll see how they fit in. I I don't know that they're going to ask a lot of Claypool right off the bat. They usually don't out of their rookies. I was surprised they asked. I, I went on record as saying before the season last year, I didn't even know if Johnson would be active at the beginning of the season because that's something that's that's common with Steelers wide receivers. Juju was definitely an exception. He busted onto the scene big time as a rookie. James Washington had some games that he was inactive as a rookie. Uh, as we, as many of us know, Martavis Bryant, he was inactive for his first, I think, I think it was first four games, um, his rookie year. I remember being there for, for one of them, um, at the stadium and seeing him and seeing him there. So that's just one of those, one of those things that, that they, they will try to sometimes may try to ease him in, but if he's out there, you know, showing that he needs to get on the field. The Steelers are going to find a way to get him on the field. I remember Washington. We forget about it. I've messed it up on a show before that Washington is who is who led the Steelers in receiving yards last year with his play. So there's going to be there's, I know there's only one football, but we know that the, our future hall of fame quarterback is coming back. I say we meaning Steelers fans. He's our, our beloved guy. Uh, we know that he's coming back. Um, barring any major setback, and he's going to—he's he didn't—he didn't get a new elbow to come and hand the ball off. He's still going to want to fling it around. And the more people you have, including um, Eric Ebron, along with um, Vance McDonald, he's going to have people to throw the ball to, and that's the best thing that you can have is multiple options. Okay. Um, we had a very similar question because Ezra says, oh, where does Washington fit in? I think he's odd man out. No, I think he's going to find uh, – I think Washington – what you got to remember is I kind of like – there There might be times where it's Washington and Claypool on the field together if they're, if, if they're in like um, – if there's only two wide receivers on the field. So it would be either like a 21 or a 12 formation and you want two guys out there. Um, I could see both of them – because Claypool is a guy that's not afraid to stick his nose in there and block. We'll see how we'll see how that translates to the NFL level. But we've already watched James Washington make some fantastic blocking plays as a wide receiver. I was I was at the game when they were going up against Miami on Monday night, and they and they hit Deontay Johnson, where they basically, you know, they rushed everybody and dropped everyone, and they and Rudolph hit him across the middle, and he broke that all the way to the end zone. Because James Washington just put down a couple of people. And th- there was other games in there, too, where he just – you just saw him as a wide receiver just come in and just humiliate a defender the way he blocked him. So trust me. And they're, they're, they're going to find a way to get in the ball, too. I don't think there's going to be an odd man out. I just think they're just going to have to figure out how they use them all. Okay. Um Flip brought up something here that I think is interesting because this is something I actually wanted to say. Says if, if Smith Schuster has a big year, he prices himself out of the Steelers market. If he has a bad year, he's gone and looks for a new home. Here's the thing that's interesting: Smith Schuster could have a big year, but if Deontay Johnson also has a big year, the Steelers could be faced with the question of, "Hey, we still got him for two more seasons under his rookie deal, but we know that eventually we're going to have to pay Deontay Johnson." So it might be one of those questions as well. Um, Juju is one of those guys. It's going to be tough to figure out his contract, and we can all speculate all we want. I'm I'm going to say I'm going to trust the GM to figure out to do what they need to do. 
so it, it's going to be interesting how this all plays out because Juju could have a fantastic year, but if Deontay Johnson's out there having a fantastic year as well, it's going to make for some, you know, it might have to be a tough choice because you could still have someone else for cheaper for a couple more years and then maybe be able to pay them uh, when the, when the time comes. Okay. <laughs> Donald said, <laughs> said I, I don't I don't agree with it either, Dave. The Packers suck. <laughs> we don't want to, we don't want to, I, I don't know how they are drafting wide receivers. I don't really pay attention. I mean, I know when the receivers are good, but I don't never pay attention to if they were drafted by them or not. That's just me. I don't know about you all. When it comes to the draft, I focus on, I don't care who other people got, you know, that's why I, I like, I do the mock stuff. I do everything else, but I'm, I'm more excited to, to, to find out the results rather than who's it going to be. Cause like I've said to you all before, it, there's nothing worse than falling in love with a player only to find out that they're wearing purple. You know, it, it's terrible. We don't want to have that happen. So I, I like to, you know, throw my thoughts out there and stuff as, as part of being on this format, both in the written word and with the podcasts. But at the same time, I'm ultimately waiting to see who is a, 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 one of the a new member of the Steelers and then really get excited about them. And for, as for people that get drafted by the teams, I don't really think about them as much. I, I I care about them when the Steelers are preparing for them, but I don't really look back as to where they were drafted. And everything else. When you're talking about you know you know top five draft pick, that's a little bit different because you know everyone talks about the top five draft picks, and the commentators will constantly remind you about that being at the top of the draft. So that's kind of how I, how I feel about that. So okay. Um, as Ezra said, he says Juju's too young for us to let him go. He's a beast of a kid. That's the one thing that Juju's got, got going for him, whether hopefully in Pittsburgh or somewhere else, is that he'll have four years – after this year, he'll have four years of NFL experience, and he'll still only be – I'm pretty sure at the time he'll be will – he, will he be 24? People will probably correct me on that. Um, I know he was 20 when he came into the league, so I'm pretty sure right now he's 23 and he'll be 24. Um, it's it's crazy it, 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 that he he is so young, but that's just that's just how it works. I mean, there were there were rookies last year on the Steelers that were older than Juju in his third year, so. That's how the Steelers operate with with uh, with some of those draft picks is to try to get the guys younger. Now this year they didn't go after they didn't use that strategy as much. They really didn't. They didn't say, "Hey, we're just we're going to make sure we get the young guys and everything else." They 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 didn't. They just took who they thought fit well for what they were doing. Um, North Top wants to know: Could we occasionally see Claypool in the t- tight end role for a play or two if he ends up starting as a, a, a um, as a wide receiver? It's going to be interesting to see how they use him. He's a big guy like that. The whole reason Chase Claypool was on my radar as a possible pick for the Steelers was because of you all, the users, and some comments and some emails that I got saying, hey, is you know, and this is before the Steelers signed Ebron, that they said, could this guy be an answer because he could fill two roles? He could fill, he could help a wide receiver, he could help a tight end. You know, I don't know if that's how the Steelers are going to use him. I don't know if they'll use him that way as a rookie either. But it'll be interesting to, to see how how he evolves as a player with them. You know, we'll have to check it out. And to me, it's exciting to see what they can do. Okay. 
Okay. There's someone who says that Jude, you know, Ox says Juju doesn't have the explosiveness or the size, and he says to get rid of him. I, I'm not ready to write off Juju. I mean, it's kind of hard to hold the injury-plagued season of 2019 against almost any offensive player. Um, I understand that you can, but at the same time, I, I'm a little bit more willing to see how different players bounce back for the most part. So, okay. Uh, let's see. What else do we got here? So I know some people are just commenting on other people's stuff. Um, this is a good one from Logan DeLorenzo. He said Deontay Johnson had 59 catches last year. Does Claypool have a chance to have 59 catches his rookie year? Uh, he says he doesn't think. Um, that's a, Honestly, it's really going to depend on a variety of things. And the biggest one, and this is the thing about people like, oh, is Washington the odd guy out? Or is this guy the odd guy out? Or uh, You know what's probably going to happen? Guys are going to get dinged up. Guys are going to miss time. But because you've got a, a great core solid players, you know, hopefully we still got a, I mean, we say potentially in Claypool because, you know, he was the Steelers first pick of the draft, which was in the second round that, that you're hoping that he lives up to the expectations. So you have that, that they, they have a, they, they have a great group. So if something happens, you know, prime example last year, third round draft pick, Justin Lane. We even said it would be better for Lane to not even have to be forced into duty. He didn't play a defensive snap last year because the guys ahead of him were doing a great job, didn't get injured. The only time we were dealing with injury was the game in um in in Los Angeles against the Chargers. So that's just one of those things that it was kind of nice that they didn't have to force playing time onto him. And that could be what happens with Claypool. They might choose to still get him out there, still do other things, but not make him have to step up and do stuff. Uh, but if obviously, if they if things happen where they're getting thin at wide receiver, he's going to have to do that. So I think there's just so many extenuating circumstances uh, to answer that. I'm I can't remember what what I projected back on the Stat Geek podcast that that I did. I I did an average. I don't think it was that many. I think it was oh, for some reason I was thinking it was in the 30s. But uh, I'll have to go back and check that out. That's a good question. Okay. Cree wants to know, do you see Claypool being in the, in the running for rookie of the year? I don't because of how steel, the Steelers use their rookies. What I do, the, the way that's going to happen is if he is forced, either one has is forced to step in due to injury or two just is a, is a player that they just can't keep off the field. When, when, when talent shows itself, you can't keep it off the field when it's ready to go. I'm not... I know the Steelers' mentality of let's not force it. So therefore, you know, you might not see too much of them early, which really ends up was what's really needed to be considered, you know, with rookie of the year. But I tell you what, it would be really nice if if he gets into that conversation. I just don't, I just don't anticipate it. That's that's the ceiling. That's the ceiling for him is is being up for this year is being up for rookie of the year. Okay, so. So here we go from five-star matchups is what do you think the target share works out between the wideouts like Johnson, Juju, Ebron, Washington, Vance Claypool? I think that's going to change based on 
I mean, we could say that now, but it could be completely different in week two than in week 12 based on how players are playing. If what I'm saying it as the whole premise of this, yeah, I said it is true. And Deontay Johnson busts out and is the next superstar. He's going to be getting a lot of attention. And as he gets a lot of attention, that's going to open up some other targets for other people. Now, if it's Juju that comes out and right off the bat is instantly showing that he's he's back into 2018 form, he's going to get a lot of attention. And then that means there are going to be more, more targets for someone like Johnson and, and company. So that's just kind of the nature of how it goes. Sometimes, sometimes being the guy, the people that benefit that is people that aren't being considered the guy. So if Eric Ebron becomes an enormous red zone threat early in the season, and let's say he's catching, let's say the first two weeks he has, you know, three or four touchdowns, then you're going to see either Vance McDonald, you know, whether they're on the field at the same time or not, or, or definitely the wide receivers getting, getting more opportunities in the red zone because teams are going to have to focus so much on him. So it really, who I think steps up early is going to dictate how things play out later. But that's just, you know, from a, a former high school coach, that's how you, that's how you do it. You, you, you're going off the scouting report. The next thing you know, you've got one player, you know, of course, with the NFL, it's a whole different level than this. But like, you got a player that you're like, oh, we got to look out for him. Well, next thing you know, you're so focused on him, you didn't even realize that the guy that the guy uh, next to him was just as much as a just as much as a threat. And if you leave your guard down, then he's going to be the one that burns you. Okay. Uh, Jared Devil says he's an odd man out switzer, but he's currently living in Ben's garage, so uh, he's making the team. And it's not that there's not spots on the team for people, um, we'll just have to see how that all plays out. And if we have, you know, notice last year at camp, there was guys stepping up and doing things that weren't necessarily being talked about before camp. There was people that you thought could maybe step up and really be something, and they and they didn't so. Well, once once you get to your depth pieces, that's the kind of the way that it goes. Okay. 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 Uh, Mark was saying how he doesn't agree that they should take a receiver at certain rounds in the draft over bigger needs. Um, I'm I'm all about taking taking a player that you think that like a Juju Smith Schuster. They didn't need a wide receiver in the second round of that draft, but what but the thoughts that they had and the feelings they had towards Juju when he was still there, when they were picking, they're like, we can't pass this guy up. And if the Steelers don't take a position that is one that people feel is of need early on, it's probably because they have a plan later. And, and that plan many times could be, Oh, well, let's, let's not use corner because the Steelers struggle with drafting corner. Let's, let's use wide receiver. There might be that there was a really good wide receiver, that they were that that this that that everyone thought, oh my goodness, they're falling to the Steelers. And the Steelers take a different position. They're like, what? Well, it could have been because the Steelers had someone else in mind later on that they're like, hey, this guy's going to be a steal, but we don't need to take him here. And that was my question with Deontay Johnson is, is when they took him with their with their first third round pick, knowing that they were picking not that much longer. 
I actually, and this was why Jeff accused me of being a Deontay Johnson hater, which is funny because now he's the wallpaper on my phone. I have a signed mini helmet from him, things like that. Um, was my first question was, did they have, did they need to make this picket right now? Is this, was this the spot to take him or was it, or is he still going to be there the next time around and they're going to miss out on someone that they could have had in there? And that was a big question for people, but didn't take long. I mean, less than an hour of research and just listening to things to realize that they, if they didn't get Deontay Johnson there, they might not have got Deontay Johnson at all. And they made the, and they made the right pick. They made the wise pick. I love it. The way it worked out. I like Brian Anthony Davis has once said, you know, what happens if Seattle doesn't trade up? And I know Seattle has two losses, but what if, what if Seattle doesn't, sorry, sorry about that, Brian. What if Seattle doesn't trade up and grab DK Metcalf? Would the Steelers have drafted DK Metcalf? And Brian's answer is no, I think they still would have gone with Deontay Johnson because that was the guy they wanted. So that's just sometimes how it goes. They might have a have a guy that they're like everyone else thinks he's a thinks he's a fifth round. We think he's a third round, and we'll take him in the fourth round. You know, so it, it's really interesting to see how all this stuff plays out. So sorry that I just kind of went into that a little bit. Um, I don't like teams getting locked into a position. I think the Steelers the last two years have done a great job in the draft of addressing some needs in free agency so they weren't forced to have to go do one given specific position um, to draft because when that happens, it generally doesn't work out. Okay. Okay. Um. Sorry, my, my live chat skipped a little bit, so I'm just kind of jumping back in wherever I say it. Okay, so let's see here. Oh, I'm a little bit frozen. Yeah, there it went, and it's gone. So so um, here we go. Captain Underpants, I just got here that said, he respects for disagrees. He thinks the next superstar is going to be Claypool. Johnson is good and will be great, but I think Claypool will have the rapport with Ben, which will push him. I think, you know what? We can agree to disagree because I think Johnson is the one who's really getting that that rapport with Ben. And I'm saying he's he's on his way to superstardom this year, this year. So he's got a year up on Claypool, and that's why I think he's going to be the next one. And if it looks like it could be both Johnson and Claypool, you know, then it could be a situation like Flip was talking about earlier, where um, unfortunately my wife's Juju Smith. Schuster jersey might not be one that she'll want to wear very much beyond this year. But uh, I, I, lo- I love, I want them to keep them all. I love their wide receivers. I really do. So, um, uh, Sealer Fan 74 says if Ben gives Washington half a chance, he will show out this year. The, I'll be honest with you, I think the biggest thing that came down with Ben and Washington is trust. If Ben doesn't trust you to, to pull it down when he thinks you should pull it down, that goes a long way. That's the deal. For those of you that don't get it, that's the deal with Ryan Switzer. That's the that's the Ryan Switzer fa- factor. No, he doesn't get any yards after the catch, or hardly any yards after the catch. You know, he's basically going to going to get the ball and get tackled. That's why it was so frustrating when the Steelers are on like a third and three and they're going to throw the ball to Switzer four yards behind the line of scrimmage. He's not going to get you the first down. That's just not who he is. But Ben's going to love a guy that catches the ball pretty much every time he throws it to him. You know, it makes sense. Ben, that's the trust that Ben Roethlisberger 
uh, hash. He didn't get that early on with James Washington, but I think that there's a chance for that to grow because I think Washington grew last year without Ben Roethlisberger, and I, but if Ben Roethlisberger was there on the sidelines for almost every game in order to see it. So I think that that's something that will be interesting to watch um, as, as time goes on. So um, this one says, going to say DeAndre Hopkins isn't fast and pulls a double team just in case you're not explosive. Uh, just because you're not explosively fast on the line of scrimmage does not mean you're not a number one. That's a very that's a very good point. You don't have to be a burner to be a number one. I mean, would you call Heinz Ward a burner? I you know I wouldn't classify Heinz Ward as a burner. I classify Heinz Ward as a guy that 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 was tough and knew how to get open. That's the kind of receivers that you need. Okay. Um, awesome stuff. I like this question. Um, he says, which wide receiver has the most yards, catches, and TDs? I'm not sure that it's going to be the same person that's the answer to all of these. When it comes to yards, that's I think Juju's going to get the most catches. I just don't know that he's going to have the big, he's not going to get may not be getting the 97 yard um um touchdowns like he's had two so far in his career. I'm going to just on a limb, just to throw out names. Let's say I'm going to say catches is going to go to Juju, but yards and touchdowns is going to go to Deontay Johnson. And I think, and that's just me. And I am a okay being wrong because other guys step up and do fantastic. So my, my argument, not my argument, my point is going to be, let's, let's not worry about who has the most, Let's let's worry about getting multiple players a lot. That's much better. Is to say who you know. I hopefully they're only you know leading the team in touchdowns by one, you know, or leading the number of catches by six or the number of yards by thirteen. You know, get guys all producing well is way much more important. So. <laughs> Kathy, I like this. This is what we should do. I wish you keep track of these predictions to credit um the I'm not even gonna try, I'm gonna mess up that word. I know what you're saying. Um, just to just to credit the people who get them right at the end of the season. Um, yeah, that would be that that would that would be pretty neat. And it's funny, most of these shows where we talk about what the predictions are, I'm kind of glad. I'm I'm hoping that maybe people forget about it because um we're probably way wrong much more than we are correct. So um, as Ezra says, Deontay is another, I'm not even going to say it, third and fifth trust. That's kind of my my thinking is I think he's going to, he's going to be getting into that realm, into that style of play and command that kind of attention. So as Captain Underpants said, he's right. I hope they're both superstars. I hope that I hope they're all superstars, me. And I hope they all stick around. I hope they can figure out a way. So uh, I'd like to keep going here, but uh, we're 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 nearing getting close to the to the time that's at the end of the show here. You all have been fantastic in the live chat, but there's a couple things I want to talk about with the podcast platform and the and 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 the website in general with me coming in being the new editor and everything. Want to let you know that I'm although I'm taking over as editor of the website, it's Brian Anthony Davis that's taking over as coordinating the the podcasts and do and taking care of doing the audio and all that that then goes on to the website. So that's that's a part of the job that he's doing. And I'm very grateful for that. Um 
Lance Williams, like we keep telling him, um, he's got some other things and and because of that, that you know, Lance would have been fantastic at that as well. But uh just other situations kept that from happening. And um we told Lance, you know what, Lance, you just keep being the talent. You just keep you just keep doing what you do and, and we're all good. So we're hoping with with when it comes to the podcast that we're keeping a lot of things similar. When it comes to filling in, because you know, Jeff was on three podcasts a week. So Brian's stepping it up to do a little bit more. We're trying to figure out a schedule. And honestly, for your all's benefit, everyone's benefit, both of you listening and those of you watching, whether live or later on, we're trying to figure out the best way to give you to give you all the best shows. For example, the preview worked really well with Jeff, Brian, and myself. It's just what it was. It was a good one. Jeff, Jeff and Lance doing their shows together. So we're not going to force something and we might just be doing some rotation, rotational basis here over the next few weeks, just in order to, to see who's the most comfortable with who and who seems to be, um, being able to give you guys the best content and, you know, make sure that everyone is, is comfortable moving forward. Both you all and us, that's what we're doing. So, um, Kathy has a question. She says, uh, will, will the new guy Mike be on? That is that is Michael Beck, also from the Live Mike podcast. For those of you that listen in podcast form, he will be on his – well, he he did, he was a guest on Stat Geek a couple weeks ago, but he will be on. That's who's going to be stepping up into, into some of the roles with, with Jeff. He, he'll be on Sunday, I'm pretty sure. That it's Sunday because because Lance is still dealing is still uh dealing with what did I say dealing with still celebrating his his daughter's graduation and 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 everything that they can do with that at this time. That's why I was filling in for him today for those of you that may have joined late. Uh that it looks like Michael's gonna be stepping in to do a show on Sunday. It's it should be him and Brian Anthony Davis on Sunday. I don't know if it's gonna be the Homer and the Hater. It might be a, just a special show with something else. Cause that's something else I want to talk to you all about. Make sure that you are, of course, as always, make sure you're liking the videos. That's the best thing that you can do to help us out more than anything on YouTube and giving those positive ratings on, on the podcast platform. But the best thing you could do is listen and watch. That's just, that's really helpful just to, just to be a viewer. But if you subscribe to the YouTube channel and turn on your notifications, you should be getting notifications when we go live. Now we got to make sure that all that's still going, going well, because, you know, on the back end of stuff, transferring stuff over from, from Jeff to Brian and all that, but that shouldn't affect things there. But the other thing that we're attempting to do is if you follow behind the steel curtain on Twitter, that anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes out from when we're going to go, I want to throw out a tweet so people know it's coming. If you know the show is coming, that's something that would be very beneficial to you all. So if you follow behind the steel curtain on Twitter, you should get that and have a better idea that I like today. I said, where I'm going to be going on shortly after 4 30 PM. I think it was 4 35 PM. Um, had to make sure my kids were all set up and weren't going to come down bothering dad during the podcast and things like that. So we're trying to, to offer that. So that's, that's just, if you, so if nothing else, follow us on Twitter. Let's see if I still got it in here. I do. It's coming across the screen for those of you watching on YouTube. It's at BT Steel Curtain. 
at BT Steel Curtain is the behind the Steel Curtain Twitter handle. So those will be going out to get to let you all know. You could go to the channel before the notification and see that a show is set up, even if we haven't started it, and already be in the live chat. Some of you do that now anyway. Um, and it's great that we already see people in there like, when are you starting? Come on. We also may be throwing in some bonus shows, depending if we have various other things. Uh, we're trying to look at some other opportunities here and there and with other podcasts, you know, with Michael coming in, we're, we're going to see if we, there might be all of a sudden we're like, Oh, we have an opportunity for, for a show. Maybe we, we have a chance to even get Jeff back on or something like that. And rather than have it go on a regular show, it could actually even be a bonus show. So if you have the, if you have your notifications on YouTube and if you follow on Twitter between the two of them, hopefully you, you don't miss out on any of it live. But of course, there's always the replays and there's always the podcasts. But for those of you that really like to catch these live, uh, that, that would be a great opportunity. So real quick, I want to bring it up. We have a super chat um, coming in here from Dave Shipley. He puts $10 in the tip jar. Thank you, Dave. He says, just continue to do what you, uh, to, to do what you guys do. Um, a schedule would rock. A sched That's something that we are going to, to look into. I know... As many of you know, Jeff, five kids, also was, you know, a middle school teacher, everything. Sometimes a schedule, we do our best. So we might have a tentative schedule, but then also be able to offer more through through the Twitter, through the tweets of letting you know a little bit more precise exactly when those times are. I've tried to stick to nine o'clock on Tuesdays for Stat Geek. Uh, I know sometimes Fridays it kind of varies with Lance, so that's why we're going to want to try to do the do the stuff on Twitter. But we will be here for you. So we're scheduled to have to, um, Steelers brunch with Tony tomorrow, sometime around noon, and then on Sunday. I wish I could give you a better time on Sunday, but we still got a lot to 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 work out because you know we always talk about left or about Lance being on the West Coast. Uh, Michael is also a West Coast guy. So when Michael comes on for, for the podcast, that's, that's another thing that we need to consider Monday. We should be back right back with Steelers Q and a with Brian and Tony. They generally go around five to five 30 Eastern, but we'll get a tweet out whenever that's going to go Tuesday stat geek with myself and my big brother, rich. We generally go on at nine o'clock. Uh, Wednesday standard is the standard Lance should be back for that one. I think this week, I don't know that we've said who's definitely going to be on with Lance this week. Um, it, it could be Brian. It could be myself. It could be Michael. Um, we'll have to see Thursday Steelers preview. We don't know if we're going to go with the two man show for the, or a three man show from this point out, but we are for this week. The plan is if, as long as everything fits in there, right. For Michael to join Brian and I just, just to kind of help him get a little bit more into the YouTube side of podcasting before we figure out if we're, if we're going to be shifting anything around. And then it's right back to Lance with, yeah, I said it next Friday. So that's our upcoming schedule of things. Make sure you're checking out behind the your one-stop shop for all things, Pittsburgh Steelers. We're still we're still checking out the content, and the biggest reason that if for those of you that that go to the website, that I feel that we're we're having a transition that seems to be going pretty smoothly is mainly because of the fantastic writers that the site has. That's that's what that's what hasn't changed. We with Jeff moving on. So far, I say so far until I guess maybe I make somebody mad. Um, I try not to be that way. Um, 
every every writer still on board other than Jeff. So we're still doing all that we can to give you uh, the best content possible. So here at the very end, uh, this was kind of something I wasn't sure about if I was going to say or not before we finish up, but I'm going to take a couple minutes because, you know, we have a platform. We have this. We stick to the Steelers. We're all a Steelers family. But more importantly, we are all human beings. And we are all we are all valuable. And I know there's some things going on in our society now. And I know there's opinions on both sides of this, that, and the other thing. And I don't, I don't want to get into that. All, all I have to say is this. We are, we are all part of the human race. We are all worthy of respect and we not only do we need to love each other, we also need to listen to each other. Uh, I was saying to my wife last night, uh, I feel terrible when I have to yell at my children. I don't want to yell at my children. I wish I never yelled at my children. But sometimes when I say something to my children and they don't listen, I say something to my children and they don't listen. I say something to my children and they don't listen. I feel like I have to yell in order to be heard. And sometimes people, people do things that whether or not, you know, is good, right, beneficial or whatnot, but sometimes people have things that they need to do in order to be heard. So the best thing that we can do for each other all the time is we need to listen, just listen, listen to people and care about people. And I care about all of you all here that are part of this platform. I would, you know, Still super happy to to hear that Steeler fan seventy four getting good medical reports, things of that nature. I really do. I care. I care about you all. As you'll find out with stuff with the with with the website, I'm I'm a I'm a person that's all about high integrity. I want everyone to have, you know, high high integrity and credibility with everything that we do. But I I care about you all, and I I want to care about everyone. So the best thing that we can do: take care of each other, stay safe, listen to people. And love everyone and do everything that you can to make this world the best place that it can be. And with that, I'm going to call it a show. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, sorry it wasn't Lance. Sorry you had to look at me. But uh, Lance will be back very soon. And as he always sends it out, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. Thanks for joining me today.